Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast, and you are currently tuning in to episode 200. So uh, there were some doubts, but we did make it here to episode 200. Uh, a lot of rocky roads. It's, actually, it's been pretty smooth sailing. <laughs> uh, sailing. <laughs> um, joined by Pistol. How are you, mate? I'm doing well. I've, uh, I'm excited that Supercoach has made their announcement uh, of what they're going to do with the um, condensed fixtures and, and buys before the start of round eight. I mean, we couldn't really ask for more than that, JB. Yeah, perfect. And uh, some good decisions. It looks like a lot of the community is happy with what's happened. So um, for those wondering if you did miss the news, I'll quickly recap now. So we get an extra four trades on top of uh, the grand total that we were given at the start of the season. So you would have seen those already pop into your trade bank there. So plus four. Um, three per week will be enabled to be spent over the next um, four weeks from when the the buyers sort of start. So I think it is, will that start next week or the week after Pistol? Starts for round nine. So okay, so this for is round, round eight, nine. so from nine, Perfect. nine, so ne- nine to 12. Yeah. Next week, we'll be having three trades plus four, four weeks, and then it'll go back to the two trades. Um, we think at this point, it might it might stay at three. There might be an extra four. We're not going to um, deep dive into that stuff, but pretty much um, that relies on the fixturing and the scheduling from the AFL. So at the moment, this is what we're presented with. Um, we're also going to get best 18 scores over the buy rounds. There's only two out of the next four, so um, that's fine. Those are already announced as 10 and 11, so we know those, and we know the teams that have had their buys. Um, for a deeper dive into that, we spoke in depth about that Tuesday, uh, just gone. So uh, go catch that podcast if you're if you're missing a bunch of that information. Right now, we are essentially going to do some housekeeping before we get into the ins and outs. Um, and I think, Pistol, you have in front of you, we've got a few extra signups to the Patreon. Yeah, I think uh, the announcement that the Cup is going to go ahead, um, so the Dr. Supercoach Cup will be running, not this round, starting for next week, round nine, where the fun begins. Uh, all the chaos has led to quite a few signups already, so we've got seven to go through today, so uh, bear with us. But a big thank you to Zach Latham, Marcus Just, Matt Panner, Thomas Rossi, The Revolution, Christian Baltzis, I apologize, you're going to have to let me know how to pronounce your last name, and Luke Denny. Um, Thank you very much for signing up. Looking forward to the Cup as well. Um, It's going to be a huge, literally, it's going to be a huge month with games on every single day, and we'll be working frantically (laughs) behind the scenes to get the Cup updated and and done. Um, So, yeah, thanks for joining, guys. I hope that wasn't a self-appointed nickname of The Revolution. That's unbelievable territory you're putting yourself in there no um, no it's first name the last name revolution oh that's their so actual name that's their actual name yeah. um yeah. okay I, I thought it was a nickname that's my bad no, no. Uh, okay so was there anything uh given to us in the cancer council <laughs> as well there pistol there were some very kind donations this week firstly a big thank you to jordan venimals jv he said fife was guaranteed to play last week and he wasn't so we've we've doubled up on those donations for that incorrect call so thank you five. thanks for being yeah thank, thank you five for not playing <laughs> and a big thank you to joel dylan um he donated to say happy 200th episode which is oh, wow. incredibly sweet so yeah thanks very much for that and for noticing as well that's uh that's really cool very kind we have the best listeners in any podcast in the world. I've done the research. It's it's true. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to jump into the ins and outs for the teams this week. 
Um, not a lot of carnage, but some little bits and pieces that have probably caught people off guard. Uh, I'll kick us off, Pistol. Uh, the game that is on tonight, obviously, uh, we, we do not need to go through, do we? Don't think so. I think, well, I mean, there's no light changes, but you're not going to, it's too late now <laughs> by the time this comes out. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So we're going to get into the GWS versus Richmond game uh, on the Friday there. So GWS have incoming Daniel Lloyd, Sam Jacobs, and Toby Green returns. Out goes Bobby Hill, Jackson Haitley, and Shane Mumford with an injury. Um, and then Richmond side, we've got Patrick Nash coming in for the injured Josh Caddy. So uh, a couple of survivors on Richmond's side, namely uh, Jake Arts, who might have saved this week's selection with his last five minutes of gameplay in the game just gone. Um, he was probably looking to be the one that was uh, potentially omitted from that side until he put together a, good, a decent 10 minutes there. So... Um, on the Richmond, uh, sorry, on the GWS side, not a lot of changes here as well. No Tom Green still, so I think we're going to be a while before we see him again. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Pistol? Haitley is named as uh, an emergency, and Green isn't even in the squad of twenty-six. Yep. So I don't think we'll. Green's clearly not in, you know, the best side. He might he might get a game or two during the condensed fixtures, like during restings and stuff. But I don't think I'd be holding him long enough to try and find that out JB he's at a price where he's sellable and you can make some decent cash from him um, so a couple of questions JB for you DeBoer tag this week um, who do you think is copying the DeBoer tag from Richmond that is a good question you'd imagine it would go to Dustin Martin who uh, did well with the McDonald tag but I don't think DeBoer is as good in the defensive 50 as what McDonald might be or at least he's not as he used to being in the defensive 50 so um, if that does happen, you could imagine Richmond will be sending him straight to the goal square for a one-on-one opportunity as much as possible. Um, given that, I'm not actually sure he goes to anyone. And if it if it is anyone, maybe it's someone like Jaden Short. Um, it, it Ooh, was, yeah, I, I never even considered that. <laughs> it, I mean, we've seen him tag a running defenders before. Um, Short does have a big impact. Uh, wasn't amazing last game but even without being amazing he still had a decent impact on the game I'm not sure who else he'd really go to if Dustin Martin was really killing him up forward so um, something to consider there's every chance he just goes without an opposition this game though I think it's possible that Shai Bolton might cop it if he's really impacting the game early on I mean we've seen Bolton in spurts just absolutely dominate um, and you know he he's quite, quite a special player so I wouldn't also be surprised if he went there assuming Dusty obviously goes forward to shake the tag, which will most likely happen. Um, JB, Derek Egmeles-Smith is named on the halfback flank. Now that we've had more information, I guess, from the week and for the buyers, do you still see him um, as as good of a pick as we thought on the Monday podcast? Um, his coach did have good things to say, considering uh, Bashahuli's departure and, and the fact that Egmeles is now... Um, was groomed for that role and is now expected to to slot into that role seamlessly, which he's done so far. So I think in regards to his job security uh, and potentially scoring potential, I think he's still a good selection. Um, As for the other rookies around the place, I I think he's fairly decent comparatively. We do have a bubble boy that we didn't expect uh, this week that we'll get through later on. But I think of the rookies, um, although he's at an elevated price, his job security has to be among the best. Yeah, I think with the condensed fixturing, um, for somebody like myself that doesn't have any 
backbench, um, which is dangerous in itself. Uh, getting somebody <laughs> yeah. with really solid job security um, for McInerney is probably some is probably the move that I'll likely lean towards. But yet to be locked in. Anyway, JB, should we take us through the next game? Uh, yeah, if you want me to do back to backers, sure. Uh, so North North Melbourne versus Carlton is the first game on the Saturday. Uh, no change for Carlton, which is good. Shows how they're tracking along this season. North Melbourne have Cam Zerhar, Jed Anderson, Luke Davies, Uniac, and Nick Larkey coming in to replace a couple of injuries and a couple of omissions. First, the injuries, Aidan Bonnet and Jack Zeeble go out, and then the omissions, Marley Williams and Mason Wood. So I've got a question for you that's probably one that I could ask in the next podcast, but Jack Zeeble is looking to be around the 300K mark, which is extremely cheap for someone who does have a good scoring pedigree in the game. Not exactly uber premium, but also not exactly 300k worth. Um, what are we thinking in regards to him? Is he on our radar at all? He keeps getting injured, firstly, which means that if there's going to it's be condensed three fixtures... Three injury-infected scores of <laughs> sub-20 scores. It's insane. Like He's definitely good value. If you have the trades to bring him in at F7, it's something that I will definitely, definitely look at later in the season. In the condensed fixtures, though, when he's already had three injury-affected games, that that's not... Um, you know, super great, but it's it's hard to go wrong at that price. Um, you know, he could even make himself a hundred k. You could kind of use him as, you know, a cash flow, uh, depending on what extra trades or if we get extra trades or something like that. So yeah, he's definitely on the radar. I don't know if he's a lock to be traded in for I've got, me. I've got another price, one for you. He's right there. Yep. Uh, Tom Williamson. If that we ever needed proof that he had extremely good job security. He's battled through two weeks now with an ankle injury, not played his best games, yet still is named on a halfback flank. Um, he looks like he's going to be playing for this team uh, a lot this season in um, in place of uh, Nick Newman. Oh my God, JB, I've had him on field for well, since I brought him in, and it is an absolute nightmare watching him play <laughs> because you're worried every contest that he's just he going to be injured sore. and out. Yeah. Oh, he keeps going down to the rooms, and I'm like, oh no, I've got like a, a f- score of five on my field, and then he comes out and scores with 40, which isn't that much better, but at least it's not five. Um, it, it's the walking wounded uh, doesn't do him <laughs> justice, but as you said, he's he's named, which is great. It, he's got a buy, so I actually feel better that he has a buy and can rest during the upcoming fixture um, condensed part because otherwise, I feel like he's just going to get injured and miss like all of the games, so um, not too worried about that. JB, Jai Simkin um, himself is also uh, suffering from an ankle injury. (laughs) Do you think that he will play this week? Named in the middle, he's the type of situation, I believe, where um, they'll probably test him Saturday morning and see how he pulls up. He, He, for me, is young enough, and... Uh, the way he got through the second half of that game, I feel uh, every person's different with their recovery. I feel Jai's the type of player that will get up for this type of contest. Um, so I'm I'm going to put him at a 60% chance of playing. Is that crazy? No, not crazy. It's your opinion. I, I, it's however, fine. I, no, there's no however. I no, just no, there is a however. No, I've, I've got a however. Oh, okay. Coaches <laughs> should be warned that that 40% is there and that their emergencies this week are extremely important and that loopholing in the forward line, especially if you're considering loopholing someone like Rankin, maybe just field them this week and make sure that emergency is nice and safe there with dry sim complaint. 
Yeah, I, f- I really wanted to say it before, you know, Rankin got locked in and Buderick got locked in, but obviously this podcast isn't going to be released in the next 10 minutes um, before the match starts. If so you talk a bit quicker, I- it might be. But <laughs> I hope um, people can play him either in the midfield and or the forward line, wherever they have the best bench cover possible um, in cases are laid out. Because you really need to think about these. And I also wouldn't loophole in the position that he's playing in cases are laid out. Um, unless, you know, it works to your advantage, uh, which it does in my forward line, because Buderek will play first. And uh, George Yardis can play later in the round. I don't know how I went with pronouncing that, JB. No, that was but, good. Um, I could, Couldn't I have been switch. worse. I can switch him and Simkin um, if Simkin is a layout. So just something to keep in mind um, for yeah, your emergencies and not accidentally spending them on players like Conroy. At least he doesn't just... play on a Monday. That would be stressful. Yes, that would be very stressful. I know a lot of people put their emergency on Conroy um, as their R3 just in case they use him for a captaincy loophole every week. But since he plays the first game of the round, I would be removing the emergencies from players that actually are not going to play and keeping Which them nobody spare. will hear before the podcast is released. Yep, it's one of those things. The <laughs> Thursday game has gotten us. <laughs> uh, next game, Pistol. All right, Sydney Swans take on Hawthorne. Swans out. Reeds, a huge amount of players. Chad <laughs> Warner, Colin O'Riordan, George Hewitt, Riley Stoddart, and Will Hayward. Surely... McInerney comes in, McInerney, I should say, but no, there's James Bell. You should say that. (laughs) James Bell in, Lewis Taylor, Matthew Ling, Sam Gray, and Sam Reid. JB, what does McInerney have to do to crack it into this side? Well, I think Horse listens to the podcast and first said that he's not getting back in until you pronounce his name correctly. So that's step one. Uh, secondly, I, I actually don't know. Um, he's not doing enough. It's it's Tom Mitchell of um, five years ago now where we couldn't understand why he was not getting into that team. But Horse has his ways and his reasons and then the player leaves and becomes a superstar. So I expect to have McInerney in my team in about four years' time going for the brown play, <laughs> which is great. Um, but I can't tell you. They've had so many changes in the last two weeks due to injury or omission, and he's not even an emergency. So I, I don't know what he has to do. I thought he was playing fine uh, prior to being dropped. Um, maybe he's not doing enough in the practice matches. Maybe he's not shining the coach's boots well enough. Um, it's not something that's football-related that we can see, so it must be something extra. The one thing I do like about Horse this season is he doesn't seem to play rookies just for one game and then drop them. He gives them a fortnight, at least, to see how they go. Um, we've seen Werner kind of or Warner kind of play uh, not particularly well and still manage to survive a week. So that gives me a little bit comfort knowing prices change after just two weeks in Supercoach. Matt Ling is a 123k defender that we were hoping for in round one and then kind of just forgotten about that medium-sized defender really quick. Um, he, I, I'm looking forward to watching him play. I hope he's going to be a good scorer, but I genuinely don't know what to expect. He's had that many injuries in the last couple of years. Um, and also, James Bell is a 129k forward mid. I don't know what to expect from him either. I'm, <laughs> he's named on the wing, right where I imagined McInerney would be playing. <laughs> And uh, it's a little bit surprising, but I'm hopeful he can put out some good scores because, you know, we need these rookies. 
a lot to watch there. And on Hawthorne's side, uh, Jack Scrimshaw is back and Will Day survived. So good news for those who have Will Day. He's played well in the last fortnight. And uh, yeah, the other in, Keegan Brooksby, um, as Tim O'Brien is out. Um, I will just quickly mention Elijah Taylor, JB, did get named for a second game. Is he a worthwhile downgrade option this week? To be honest, he, he looked good. He looks like a good player. Kind of like, I mean, I, I don't want to compare it. Actually, I'm not going to compare him to anyone. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like when rookies are compared to people after one match, but uh, especially to superstars. But I was about to make that cardinal sin. So he did actually look good. Like he looks like a good football player. I just don't think he's going to be a good super coach scorer. And you know what? I'm going to make the comparison. He feels like what we expected from Isaac Rankin. Um, like good, Whoa. clean with the ball. No, but expectations before he played for most people was clean with the ball, effective with his disposals, but didn't get enough of it to be super coach relevant. That's kind of what he is. But Isaac Rankin is not that. He he gets enough of it, and he's efficient, and he's a great player. So um, I'm not saying they're like alike at all, but I'm saying this is kind of what we expected Rankin to be like, uh, to produce low numbers and, and high efficiency, but not be a good super coach scorer. He looks yeah. like a good player, and, though. And Will Day... Um looks really good in that Hawthorne backline, particularly with Ricky Henderson injured. Um, I don't think he has that much plays to compete with. Um, I think we're, we're, we're just waiting on... Um, gosh, I keep talking about him. Who's coming back for Hawthorne? <laughs> I've mentioned him like the last three podcasts now. The name's escaping me. I can't, I'm not sure, mate. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Um, Impy. <laughs> okay, is that him? <laughs> Yeah, why not? Okay, him? excellent. Should I go through the next game? Well, as in, as in, I'm talking about in terms of job security. Yeah. Okay. Good. Great. Um, Impy <laughs> will be back, and uh, he might lose. But why are you laughing? <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I, could, I feel like out. you've lost the plot. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to run through the next game for you, still. Okay. Um, sure. You're, go you're, for it. You're rambling. So <laughs> Port Adelaide versus St Kilda. This is going to be a good match. Um, Brad Ebert, Mitch Georgiatis, and Riley Bonner come in. For Justin Westhoff, Ryan Burton, and Stephen Motlop. On the St. Kilda side, before we talk about those begins for Port Adelaide, uh, Jack Sinclair, Matthew Parker, Nick Hind replace Jack Loney, Josh Battle, and their last week debutant Ryan Burns, who did not survive for a second match. So, um, obviously, Georgiadis back in. He's one to talk about, considering he's actually a bubble boy at the moment. 130k presents as the best, cheapest rookie, um, or the only cheap rookie, pretty much, for this week. Um, that will rise in price the following week. Coming off a 78 in round one, he could actually make really good money, but it looks as if he's trying to keep Justin Westhoff out of the side. Um, those who held him, which I'm one of, and I think you are also one of, yeah. <laughs> um, great. We've been waiting for this for now nine weeks, but for those who are considering trading him in, um, what do you think about that? No, I've been waiting three months for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Um, I don't think he's going to play consistently. I think during this condensed fixtures coming up, he'll he'll get a game here and there when Hinkley wants to rest some players. Um, if I had to put a number on it, I'd say he'll play two of the next five matches. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not. I wouldn't really. It's tough. I don't think I would actively suggest bringing him in, but he is probably the best option this week um, to bring in especially after his 78s in his price cycle. So he will make some cash. It's a bit of a tough one, Jay, but you, you really want to be bringing in rookies with stronger job security than him. 
Well, he, he's probably got some of the worst job security that we've seen, uh, especially with Port Adelaide playing so well. Justin Westhoff being a champion, um, we would have liked for a... And I, please do not take this the wrong way, but it would have been better and more beneficial to see Georgiatis come in with a long-term injury um, as the reason uh, so we could really shore up that job security rather than an omission of someone like Justin Westhoff who could quite easily return to the squad in a week. Um, the, the disclaimer is, though, if Georgiatis plays well, um, Ken Hinckley does reward form, and um, Westhoff can pretty much play anywhere on the ground. So uh, there could be someone else omitted for... Um, Westhoff's return in a week's time. Georgiatis just needs to keep his spot with with good gameplay. So um, if you trust him to do that, he looked good in round one when he did play uh, on debut, then we could have ourselves a decent cash cow here, but it's not something that I'm willing to bet on. Um, just quietly, Brad Ebert and Riley Bonner come into the side. Sam Mays obviously does not go out. It looks like um, uh, it was brought to my attention that I was sort of advising that Bonner was perhaps ahead of Sam Mays, which is definitely not the case. Um, I think the first player out of this squad is Riley Bonner when Burton returns. Motlock will have to fight his way in, and then Sam Mays um, might be in trouble after that. So I could see a good three or four um, or five weeks from Sam Mays before he's pushed out of this squad, which is good. Wow, five weeks. So I guess if we revisit the discussion on Sam Simpson versus Sam Mays, uh, which one then are you taking? So I'm taking Simpson still. Um, he has more injuries um, to keep him in the side. There's still Narkel. Um, there's also Gary Ablett, who's um, not injured but out with uh, family reasons, and also Joel Selwood. Um, so I'm more confident that there are reasons for him to stay in, considering he was named with all those players already in the squad. Um, Mays, on the other hand, if he if he does have a really bad game, a really bad game, which I'm not betting on him doing. I do like Mays as a player, but if he does, then it's not like Sam Simpson where he, he might have a couple of bad games in his back pocket for, you know, the coach might still back him in considering uh, their injuries. Um, Mays would probably go out with a bad game and maybe replaced by someone like Justin Westhoff who would line up on a wing, for example. I mean, technically, I guess they could bring in Rockliffe for him and then Houston might change position instead like they've got that flexibility in their midfield to mm. shuffle around I, players I, I think we I think we realised pretty early that we don't actually have that flexibility and that Houston is better in there and Rockliffe isn't as good for the team as what his stats might indicate so I'd be I'd be surprised with I think we need to see a bad game for Mays for him to be pushed out similar to Georgiatis and um, Ken's an honest coach who does tend to go that way so um, it's really hard to just comment on the poor boys and just say you know they've got good job security or bad job security their injury list is almost untainted so um, essentially they just need to play themselves into the team all right so i think um unless you have something in particular to comment on the Saints side Nothing. shall we move on all right excellent adelaide crows versus essendon there's uh extended benches it's the sunday game in on the adelaide side bryce gibbs himmelberg lachlan murphy and rory atkins um Oh, go, we'll go. Essendon on the Essendon side. There's <laughs> Francis. I already know what you're going to ask. <laughs> yep. Gleason, Bell Chambers, Cutler, and out goes Andrew Phillips, um, omitted, and Kale Hooker. So no Draper for those that really desperately want him. On the Adelaide side, McPherson is named on the extended interchange once again, as is Ned McHenry. How do you think their chances are of surviving um, the? the cull from the bench and which four players do you think Adelaide are going to take into the match? I'm pretty confident McPherson survives. He's been good. Uh, he's young. 
uh, injury prone, but but right now healthy. So I, I'd be surprised if they tried to um, stall his his sort of a game a week type of progress that he's currently got. Um, they'll probably want to play him until he says he's too sore to get up or sort of wears out and you can tell in game. So I'm pretty confident he gets up. Ben Keyes has been excellent so far for them playing a tagging role. Uh, I'd be very surprised if Jake Kelly went out of the squad. That leaves one spot for Rory Atkins, Bryce Gibbs, and Ned McHenry. I don't think they'd play extra tool with Himmelberg. I think he's just a, um, yep. a sort of fail-safe option. Of those three, I honestly can't see McHenry getting over the other two. I think he's actually third on that list, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he were dropped. I'd say Atkins is probably top of the list, um, with Bryce Gibbs being second. With Bryce Gibbs over Murphy, okay. Um, yeah, I think, sorry, I Murphy think, as well. Yeah, down, 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 down. Yeah, I, I agree with your analysis. I think Gibbs is going to be one of those players now that's named as emergency, kind of like Rockliffe, where if mm-hmm. they need him, he'll play, but otherwise he's going to be named as emergency most weeks. Um, but I do think Atkins is a class above, and he'll, he's in their best 22, so I would be very surprised if it wasn't Atkins, Kelly, Keys, and then probably McPherson. But I'm not... You're much more confident on McPherson being named than I am, which is worrying given he's my D6 with no bench cover. <laughs> I've got a question. Um, um, yes. Who's Essendon's second tallest forward named on field right now? Uh, so Essendon's second... To- so their tallest player for those playing at home is Townsend at full forward. Yeah. Uh, that is that is a short forward line. They've got... <laughs> I'm going to read it out. They've got Tipper. Uh, Zaharakis, Will Snelling, Fantasia, Townsend, and Dev Smith. That is the smallest. And then on this team is tiny. They've got Bell Chambers on ball um, with Parrish and McGrath, both small men. Um, <laughs> Jeez, Louise. So James Stewart is... might be back in, which, is, which is semi-tall. McKernan also, I mean, I, I, I assume think... he kind of goes out. But um, Duno's going to have a field day. He's going to be marking everything in the air. They can't kick it in the air. I mean, McKernan's, McKernan's their best, in their best 22. He's, he's playing for them. So I, I, I assume it would be... I just didn't expect him not to be named on the field. But yeah, I think McKernan will play. And I think... Um, <laughs> I, th- I think Stewart will come... Get, I don't know. I like Stewart. I don't know why. Um, I like Stewart I guess well. he's been injured as well. And he's finally back. Um, so I think they will bring some height into that side. <laughs> it's too small. Um currently JB well hopefully they start with that and then the ball's on the other side of the field and they can't get anyone else on and Duda takes 10 marks in the process because <laughs> he is about 20 inches taller than the next guy so I'm going to jump into the next game unless you've got a follow up on that one yeah just um, oh, you do. a quick touch on Ned Ned Cahill okay um, anyway uh, he scored 35 mm-hmm. and he's 117k forward mid I'm assuming, I'm just putting it out there, but I'm assuming your thoughts on him are stay away. <laughs> uh, George, George Yadis looks like a better option, even if he does play just the one game. Um, okay, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not, yeah, I wouldn't be training him oh. in this week. We had to touch on it. All right. I don't know if we did, but if we'll go, do you want to take the next one, considering it's your, okay. your squad? My mob. All right, West Coast versus Collingwood. Um, I'm, I get sad now reading that out. So the grand final. Anyway, in on the West Coast side, you brought got it up. <laughs> Bailey J. Williams, Harry Edwards, Josh Rotham, Luke Shuey, Nick Reed, and out is Brandon Brendan Archie. On the Collingwood side, in Ben Reed, 
uh, Braden Sire, ooh, okay, Darcy Cameron, Jack Majden, Josh Thomas, Matt Scharenberg, and out goes Dugowie and Varko. Um, interesting sides here, JB. I think my attention straight away goes to uh, BJ Williams' names for West Coast on the extended interchange, um, which is nice to see him in the 26 and so close to getting a game. However, looking at who else is on the bench with him and who was named on the field... Um, He's fighting directly for a spot with Oscar Allen, and I can't see Oscar Allen losing that battle against him. Nope. Uh, I'll be surprised if Williams came in without an injury, but it's good to see him as the preferred next big tall player. Yeah, I think so as well. Otherwise, um, I can't imagine there's going to be too many changes on that side. Shuey should come straight in for Brendan He's already named on Um, field. Yeah, so that's probably the only change, I imagine. Um, the Collingwood side is a little bit more tricky. Um, yeah, Ben Reed and Darcy Cameron named on the bench, and Cox is not in the side, JB. That's not good for you. Yeah, I've just realized on the podcast, and my heart is now sunk. I'm not sure I can get through the rest of this podcast. <laughs> well, good news for those who uh, who did hold Noble because he's named on field, so that that's a big tick for him. He, he was looking very shaky, came in because of the wet weather and has now been able to hold his spot, so um, big tick there. But besides that, it's a bit of a tricky bench. But Cox isn't named. <laughs> I mean... So I guess, I guess Ben Reid's going to come in. Uh, you know, he's pretty much... Better. In our side, when he's not injured, but he's yes. just always injured. So, you know, he's there's no way Ben Reed lasts throughout these condensed fixtures either. No. So, you know, if Cox is not best 26, um, I imagine Cameron is going to get a game um, for those that do have him on their forward bench or in, as their R3 at some stage in the next five weeks. I am quite convinced that Cameron will at least get one game. Um, so, good news for those owners. Otherwise, I'd love to see Sire named over someone like Wills just for a week. Just needs to break into the side. Um, I think most Collingwood supporters quite like Sire, and we just... He hasn't even been in the 26 the whole season. So, finally, you know, seeing him... Um, it's good I'm, to see I'm his really name, hoping he get named. I hope so. I'm, I'm looking at the Pies bench. Um, I, I imagine Artu will be named because he's been, I guess, quite dynamic. And Scharenberg um, has come back in the side. Ooh, yeah, and then he's going to have Ben Reed and hopefully Sire. It'll be one of Sire and Wills, I don't think, um, okay, or, okay. or Cameron plays. <laughs> okay, I'm going to roll through the last game before gotcha. before we have a 30-minute Collingwood podcast. Can we talk um, about Cox more? <laughs> no, we cannot. That's, we'll pass okay. that now. Okay. Um, it's Melbourne versus Brisbane. Uh, there's only two guaranteed outs. The rest are all extended bench. So I'll run through the ins. It's Melbourne have Tomlinson, Alex Neil. Bullen, Joel Smith, Nathan Jones, and Tom McDonald uh, going in. That'd be a lot of outs, considering I just said there were only two out. <laughs> uh, Aaron Vandenberg, the confirmed out for Melbourne at the moment. Brisbane have Alex Witherden, Archie Smith, Connor Ballenden, Caden Coleman. Okay, they're throwing some different names at me here, some tongue twisters. Reese Matheson <laughs> and Stefan Martin. Sorry, those are the ins. Stefan Martin is the out. Um, I'm really, really stumbling home uh, here, so <laughs> thanks for everyone that's still listening. The important news in this one is that Stefan Martin is out for approximately six weeks from what we've heard so far, leaving Oscar McInerney to do the bulk of the ruck work and his opposition being 
Max Gorn, I'd be very surprised if we saw anything sub 140 this week from Gorney. It's a little exciting, I think, um, <laughs> this matchup. It, this is, I mean, we're going to talk about captains very short. I guess we, we can kind of throw this it in there. This can kind of go into the it, end of the round. There's not a lot of um, talking points. But he plays at the end of the round, so I assume every single person that owns Gorn is like wanting to put the captaincy on him and doesn't really want to take a vice captaincy score so it's a tricky round in that if your captain vice captaincy gets like 130 you probably still want to roll the dice on gone um i mean at what point what score does your vice captaincy have to score for you not to go with gone this week as your captain 140 plus man even 140 last week you would have lost you know 45 I mean, points. last week I did take 144 from Grundy and lost 40, 44 points, was it? Yeah. 41. That's, uh, you know, 41 points. That, that's yeah. significant amount of points. Like, that's almost a, a rookie score. I mean, that basically was Williamson's score on my field. <laughs> that's a bit sad. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think... Um, I think <laughs> I think it has to be 140, just in case, you know, the early injury risk of gone. Um, I don't know, getting injured, God forbid. But uh, yeah, it's this is one of those weeks where you kind of need to pick the player with the highest variance and just try and pump out as high a score as possible. There's no point picking somebody that's got a safe 120 in them. Um, there's just no chance that that's going to be a worthwhile selection this week. Before we go too far, though, into a JB, I do want to just say Stasevic has been named for Brisbane on the field again, so he's safe. He he can't be dropped. He's invincible. He's locked fully into this side, JV. Yeah, I, I I don't know what he has to do to get dropped. I feel like he's been trying his hardest to get dropped and, and still is not getting the job done, so he's not even good at getting dropped, Pistol. Um, but it's good for those who own him, I suppose. Uh, he is losing a little bit of cash, but like I said last week, I still believe he's got a big score in him at some point in the next um, few weeks, so... Worst case scenario, if you jump off in the next few weeks, hopefully he's still around the price that he is now and doesn't leak too much more cash. It's almost at a point where you prefer him to miss out, though. <laughs> he's not doing your club any good. Um, yeah. That being yeah. the last I, game, what are we thinking? I was going to say quickly, just yep, just quickly, Rivers, I want to touch on, is not in the 26 again for the second straight week. Um, is he somebody that is worthwhile? Do you think he's a chance of coming into the side over those fixture condensed uh, when the fixtures are condensed or do you think he's not just anywhere near their side and he's probably a priority trade out I mean he's only 166k so I don't think he's a priority trade out I mean players like Brander who aren't even in their emergencies and have made a lot more money definitely out before him um it kind of, I mean, I've had Giorgiatis on my bench for the entire season so far, so I'm kind of against players who haven't made enough um, and trading them out. I'd rather just keep moving on the rookies, but in these condensed fixtures, you kind of want warm bodies. So um, if, it, if a situation presented itself where he was my only player that wasn't on a low break even and actually playing, then I suppose I'd be happy to move him on. I'm just not looking to do it, if you know what I mean. And he's... So- yeah, I was going to say, so if I had to throw up, uh, I, I have to trade out um, McInerney or Rivers, which which one of those two players would you be trading out first? McInerney or Rivers? McInerney, absolutely. Not not even close. Okay. So I think that will come back. For, that will be helpful for a lot of people because uh, you know I do think he's going to play at some point 
and he will go up more in price but it's just he's already at 232k so you can really bank 100k if you do trade him out and that you know investing that on your field is probably going to be more important in the short term um, to make sure you finish your sides I, I guess um, and lastly JB Benel named on field so he's going to play but he's definitely going to be rested in the condensed fixtures uh, yeah you should expect so uh, he's the pretty much the poster boy for soft tissue injury so I'd imagine he's um, he would struggle to get through the, the entirety of the condensed fixtures. But, I mean, it's good that he's gotten through the last few games, and he has looked extremely good. So I imagine he's going to be in their best 22 coming out of the condensed fixtures, which um, is good. I think he can sort of work his way up to two, 280 to maybe 300K, um, and then go from there. He's, he's been a good cash cow so far. Um, can, yeah, I, can I just also definitely. say, I just I just had a quick look at the game that we've missed the first three minutes of, and uh, it looks like Bont has a score assist and Bailey Smith has a goal already, so... Um, that's good. Bonus. Yeah, uh, lovely. Well, I mean, let's talk about VCs. Uh, I'm, I'm um, going to VC Bailey Smith now that I know that he's, he's started off with a goal. <laughs> um, who, who, I assume you haven't used your VC this week? Uh, no, I didn't. I was extremely tempted to go on Pontepelli. The allure of a 160-plus score to pull me off of Gorn uh, was there and was strong for a long while there, but... I did decide to go with Grundy, and I'm just going to, as we said earlier, I'm going to lift up my expectations of a good captaincy score this week. It would usually be around 125, 130. Um, this week, I need a 140 before I can turn down that Gorn score. All right, so I'm, I'm also going Grundy into Gorn um, and using Rivers, I guess, as my loophole option, so it's kind of a little bit handy. Um, but for those that don't have, because this this week Gold Coast play quite early in the round, um, I They're think maybe now, actually. They, they are playing now. I think <laughs> there's not many, I guess, late in the round loophole options. So a lot of the VC options have to come from the first couple of games. So before the um, Swans game, because I imagine people will have McInerney as a non-playing player, are there any good captaincy or vice-captaincy options, I should say, that you can see to go into Gorn? Before the Swans game, I'm just pulling out my fixture right yeah, now. Yeah, so not not so not tonight. So basically, GWS, um, Richmond, North okay. Melbourne, Carlton. Um, I could. I mean, I could definitely see Cripps as an option. Um, I think they'll get they'll put the attempted tag on him, but we saw Dustin Martin do fine with that last week. Um, so he's definitely an option. Besides that, you're pretty much looking at potentially Lockie Whitfield to get off the chain. If you've got anyone of Josh Kelly or um, someone like that, then I suppose you could go a bit a bit of a POD um, shot. But it's the kind of week where you don't mind missing a point of difference captaincy option. Yeah, I, I don't think Whitfield's got the ceiling in him this season. I think the only players in those games that have the ceiling is probably going to be Canelio um, for owners, just because we know that he can score 200, but he can also you know score 40. Um, so for me, if, if that's your only option earlier in the game, I'd probably slap my, my VC there. But otherwise, if you do have a player like Sturt um, in your forward line and he's got the Fremantle and you do have some... Sorry, the last game of the round and you do have somebody like Dangerfield... I actually think going Gorn into Dangerfield is like a massive, massive advantage on the rest of the competition because you get to see Gorn score first. And if it's really high, obviously you take it. And if it's not high, you know, you can go into somebody else where, you know, 50, 60, 70% of all players will go with Gorn captaincy um, that own him. So you can get a big step up if he does perform badly and you're, you've managed to VC him. 
have a beautiful time. Right, well, I think that about sums it up, JB. Um, I really appreciate your time, and we're going to go watch the rest of the footy now. So uh, thanks for tuning in, community. If you've got any questions, don't forget you can find us, uh, myself at pistol underscore DRSC. You can find JB at JB underscore DRSC. Chizo with a Z underscore DRSC, and our main uh, page at the doctor underscore SC. Don't forget that the cup will start next round. So if you'd like to join into that, you can go to our patron page um, and you just need to uh, subscribe to any one of the tiers. All of them um, have cup entry. The uh, cheapest one is $3 a month. So get around that. And we look forward to uh, yeah podcasting and taking a deeper view into the uh, buys and fixtures and some strategy. Um, on the Monday or Tuesday night podcast, I should say. 